The Chronicle actually made a really cool video on YouTube. It's even got musicians in it. Wow, really? Is it about Austin music? No, no. It's 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 about how to make a bong out of a bell pepper. Oh, even better. Live from Animated Studio 6A in the Monkey See, Monkey Do capital of the world, it's the Damn Tonight Show! With tonight's guests, Chaka from Writers Against the Storm and Wild Bill from The Lost Knobs. Now here's your host who's hurting everybody's feelings, Colin McDonald! Welcome to the Damn Tonight Show. Tonight we have Chaka from Writers Against the Storm and Bill Ogden from Wild Bill and The Lost Knobs, as well as reviews of Oreja's newest release and the debut of Jackie the Robot. But first, let's jump into the headlines. With all the stars streaming their performances from home, it's so nice to see a friend of this show trending on Reddit the other day. Justin Douglas, owner and operator of King Electric, made this post about Lady Gaga's mic technique. Gaga singing into the wrong side of a $20,000 microphone live on three networks is the single greatest example of the importance of sound engineers there may ever be. But wait, there's more! There was even an attempt to out-engineer Mr. Douglas, and well, it didn't go well. C.T. Nichols said, Bullshit, it's a Telefunken U47 which has an Omni pattern, or maybe her, her audio person wanted more room sound, and it's not $20,000, not even half that. To which Justin replied, Hey, C.T. Nichols. Good read, dude. Except that's a Neumann badge, not Telefunken. Not that it matters a bit. It's clearly in cardioid, hence the heart-shaped polar pattern and not a circle for Omni. There's one on Reverb from VK for 20000 right now and another on there for 29000 And it was flipped back around the right way during the commercial break, so someone caught it and told her. Okay, stay sweet. So Justin earns our, hey, you're doing that wrong award this week. Congratulations, Justin. You are a true role model. In other news, two people from out of state are suing South By for not refunding their $1,000. According to the article, the lawsuit was filed Friday in U.S. District Court in Travis County on behalf of two people who said they had spent more than $1,000 on entry fees to attend but were denied refunds. Now these two are confused because after reading the South by Southwest contract, clicking agree, and forking over their hard-earned money, they were sure to copy and paste something a relative sent them on Facebook, saying they don't authorize South by Southwest to own their likeness, their firstborn children, or deny them a refund. That's legally binding, right? Honestly, it's just nice to know that regular people are just as contract ignorant as most musicians. Now, Bill Tucker wrote a very useful article, Five Ways You Can Support Austin Music During the Coronavirus Crisis. Bill always does a great job with these articles, so be sure to give it a share on your page. Listen, lots of people have good intentions and loose wallets. Give them a little direction with this helpful guide. Explaining to someone how to support Austin Music should be easier than applying for relief assistance and unemployment as a contract worker with a W-9 instead of a W-2. Yeah, yeah, I tried to call that number, but it just rings or hangs up on me at 7.30, and the website looks and functions like it was built in 1998, and you could only access it with a one-hour free AOL CD you got in the mail. The Chronicle also had a good article featuring former Austinite David Garza about his involvement with Fiona Apple's newest record, Fetch the Bolt Cutter. Six Dream Ranch put out a video for the song I Got the Girl, and actually I dug the song fine, but this whole stock footage music video phenomenon is crazy dated. It's like using canned laughter in animated shows. Who does that? Blacklight Hip Hop released a new video for Lose Patience, and while simple, it vibes with the song perfectly and models safe social distancing. So much social distance, he even cut out Pennywise's verse. 
AMF is finally proving useful with their live streaming series with music managers talking about pivoting during these times of crisis. And honestly, I'm curious to if and when Austin Music Foundation will have to pivot off their current Riverside real estate and into more suitable digs like the library or the back corner of a Starbucks. Our second guest tonight, Wild Bill Ogden, has started a new show that follows the show, Follow Your Heart, which is a musician edition of The Bachelor. It's almost as if they had a whole pile of Bachelor and Bachelorette applications listing musician as their occupation. Maybe that pile got so big it fell over on an executive's head. And to curse the gods of fate and gravity that chose to humiliate him on that day, but more, no, most of all, to finally prove that musicians aren't special. There are just as many vapid empty shells of human beings in the music industry as in the pharmaceutical sales or trimming your cuticles. A certain percentage of every demographic is pretty much useless. Ray Prim has started hosting a live talk show featuring local bands and songwriters and just Ray being his entertaining self. Nakia and Pat from Austin, Texas Musicians Group have also started a talk show with news, interviews, and closes with a musical performance. And it's actually, you know, good. I mean, it's not bad. Wait a minute. Talk shows about Austin music. It worked! Alchemy is real, y'all. Overall, it's been a major relief for me to see all the creativity our city has displayed in this crazy time. From live stream shows to virtual jams, public and private lessons to some of the coolest temporary art installations our city has ever seen. So to those of you continuing to make, thank you from the bottom of my cartoon heart. And finally today, in people doing amazing stuff news, my first guest, Chaka from Riders Against the Storm, had his Overton quote design chosen to be on billboards across the country for Outfront Media USA. So be on the lookout for this much needed message and artwork by one of our very own. So remember, do more, better, faster, and keep living. Don't die. We'll be right back with more news after this message. DABA is a safety net for people of color who are experiencing short-term life crisis. More specifically, people of color who are musicians, artists, social workers, teachers, healing practitioners, and service industry workers. Workers in these arenas typically earn well below median incomes and are often measurably in poverty, unable to maintain the growing cost burdens of daily life. These are the people who give to others, who serve day in and day out for a living, and who, along with their families, are often the highest risk for mental health, among other health crises. DAWA will relieve individuals and families one financial stressor at a time, replacing negative crises with direct support, so that those who serve and support us may have the space they deserve to pursue positive outcomes that they so often help others achieve. Welcome back to the Dan Tonight Show. Now, I saw a cool idea over on Hypebot called Local Cultural Card. And it's basically like food stamps for creative things. It's an interesting read and a creative thinking all the way through. The city, on the other hand, has other ideas and has decided to take the money from the live music fund and move it over to disaster relief. You know that money we've been arguing over for about four years? We know what we're gonna do. We're gonna give it away. Just give us three months to figure out which bureaucratic nightmare tunnel we wanna funnel this through because government. Now these are the same people who keep inadvertently leaving out paragraphs that mention diversity and inclusion. Isn't that ironic? In other crazy waste of money news, the mayor has gotten my attention again. There is a new controversy. The background painting in his live streams keeps changing. 
It must be nice to be so rich you can change which paintings are in the background while I'm over here reusing diapers because H-E-B is out of the extra large adult men's sizes. There was a really interesting article in the Statesman about the various ways venues are trying to keep revenue flowing and man, they are getting creative. From Frito pies and a 12 pack to a keg and a carton of cigarettes, you can now pay for the things we musicians have been bartering our services for for 20 years. Hashtag music life. Hashtag it's not complimentary if I had to drive an hour to get there, play for three hours and drive back. Many venues are starting to close down. The common speculation is that up to 60%, 60% of the music venues will be lost if this goes on past September. So how far will this really go? How much Austin will be lost? For God's sakes, keep Willie away from helicopters. And finally tonight, I want to touch on the Austin Monitor article this morning by Chad Switecki. This article talks a lot about the economic impact of the COVID crisis, and Chad is just awesome, so be sure to actually go and read this thing. But one quote stood out to me, and it's this quote by Dom Pitts. What we know from the previous census is there's a large portion of these folks who are making less than $10,000 a year off of live music because they're not able to do it full time. Listen, people making less than $10,000 a year on music are doing this as a hobby, and those are not the people we should be focused on. They only lost a small percentage of the income. What about a player that sports a family purely on live shows? Those people lost close to 100% of their income, and I hope that there ends up being a way to vet who gets this assistance down the road. I mean, come on. Stop pouring money into the recreational softball leagues and put some money into the major and minor leagues. The lifers out here making it do what it do. We'll be right back with Chaka from Riders Against the Storm right after this. Austin Music Television on Channel 16 is made possible by Support Austin Music. Support Austin Music is a cooperative of Austin-based musicians and their supporters creating compilations of music videos for airing on Austin Public Channel 16. The music videos are compiled into hour-long episodes and are aired weekly. Check your cable provider for the specific channel and Austin Public Access Channel 16 live feed is available on the website for those of you who are unable to get it on your television. Support Austin Music Television. Support, support Austin Music. And now for this week's suggested follows. Jackie Vinson goes live every night at 9.30. Ray Prim's Prim Oceans group talk show and truly entertaining content from Ray all the time. Comedians interviewing musicians is still doing shows via Zoom. The TGI Fun Show and Follow Your Heart by Bill Ogden is always a entertaining watch. Fresh Night from the Breaks has IG live interviews last week with Mike Melano. Mama Duke is back and doing live streams where you can jump on and talk to her. Cobra Cast podcast is coming back next week. ATX Musicians Group has all of the up-to-date relief news for the music community as well as Night Shift Wednesdays at 7.30. And finally, be sure to check out Johnny Gowdy's podcast, How Did I Get Here? With over 900 episodes with Austin musicians, movers and shakers, and people of the industry, Gowdy's podcast is a staple and he's still going strong. Welcome back to the Damn Tonight Show. I'm here with Chaka, who is an integral part of the Austin music scene in so many ways. Um, so first of all, Thank you for being on the show. And so, yeah, yeah. man, how are you? How, how are you living through all this? Well, man, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, thank you for recognizing my role um, in Austin Music. Um, you're one of the few out there that I, I feel like consistently brings up the things that I'm doing, um, shines a light on them. And I really appreciate that because Austin is not a city that always uh, reflects the diversity of things that are going on here. Um, so it's man, it's just an honor to be here in the cartoon world of daily Austin music. I appreciate you. Um, as far as me go, as far as I'm doing, man, um, 
I'm hanging in there, man. Like me and my wife are uh, self-employed. We're independent. We're indie entrepreneurs. So um, we work from home. It doesn't feel that different from our day to day, to be honest, because we're at home a lot. Right. Um, but um, it's affected us just in the impact that it's had on our community. Folks that we know that have gotten sick, folks that we know that are struggling to uh, take care of themselves, to to uh, provide the basics uh, that they need to live. Um, so we're doing everything that we can on our end, behind the scenes right now, largely, to just give what we can. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that we've done. Like, I'm not a type of person that, like, promotes all the, all the, every time I do something, I'm not that guy that, like, tells everybody what I'm doing. But, like, we've been definitely essential in connecting people um, with, uh, you know, organizations, nonprofits, with other corporations, helping as much as we can where we can. I want to jump into, you're on the music commission now. Yes. Makes me extremely grateful to have a voice like yours somehow involved in city politics. Appreciate it. Especially for me for being involved in the music part, but just in politics in general, to have a voice that's not afraid to speak up and say the things that you know people are thinking in that room but won't say for whatever yeah. reason. I'm actually not sure that they're thinking it most of the time. You know what I, I mean? mean? I'm there. I'm thinking it too. man. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, know? and let, people are watching let, it on TV or on the internet. And I mean, like anybody with common sense has to come to these questions at some point, but kind of like in a nutshell, what is, what has your experience been like uh, with the music commission and the workforce the tax task forces and all this stuff? What's your experience with city government been like so far? Um, I mean, first I got to send a shout out to Natasha Harper Madison because it was her that um, gave me a call and asked me about being on the music commission. And to be honest, I was like, I was just, you know, honestly, you know, overall just uh, discouraged with leadership in Austin and music leadership in particular. So I didn't have real high hopes. I told her, I was like, look, like I'm going to do this for like six months. And like, if it ain't, if it doesn't make any sense, like I'm out. You know what I mean? Um, I think a lot of people think that like, this is stuff I, I really like to do. I don't really like to do it. But the fact of the matter is, is that because there's no, there's nobody there like me at this moment with the experience that I have, because, you know, a lot of these quote unquote Austin music leaders are just wealthy people that, that want to be a part of something. Um, they're not actually coming from this perspective and experience that I had, you know, from throwing festivals. I was a talent buyer at empire for almost a year um, to, you know, I was, you know, I was working on a job. So I was doing security for uh, W3 events. You know what I'm saying? You, you name the angle of music industry in Austin and I've done it. You know what I'm saying? I know the bartenders. I know the folks. And so, you know, there's not many people like me. And I'm, I'm not even talking about the race and culture aspect. Right, right. I'm and just talking about just just like experience. You, you have, I'm sure. And one, one of the things I love about just kind of the way you carry yourself and, and you and your wife, from, from what I've seen, carry yourself is it's so hard for people to hold two ideas in their head at the same time. You want to shine light on the good stuff and also hold the stuff that's not so great accountable for not being so great and to get better. How is it so hard to understand? I think that's a beautiful way to go through life and to be a part of an art community because that's what we need to get better, but it's also what we need to encourage us to keep going. When you do something good, it's like, oh, this is great. You did it. And, and I just, I, I love the, 
just the whole vibe around everything that y'all do. Let's talk about the live music fund being yeah. used for emergency. What do you think about yeah. that? Well, so um, a few weeks ago, I'm not sure, like time, I'm like in a time warp as most people are, right. but it was just like a few weeks ago, um, we, uh, we being the music, members of the music commission um, were concerned about just the state of things. And we felt like uh, people were going into some of these music leaders and folks were going into or talking with folks in the city and trying to chime in and make suggestions. And we just felt like we weren't meeting as a music commission, but we needed to make a statement. We needed to do something. So what we did is we drafted a resolution that called for a live music disaster relief fund. And at first, it was rejected in a sense where it's null and void because you didn't meet formally and da da da. But regardless, I'm glad we sent it in because the city council ended up using that as a framework for a resolution that was just uh, passed by, um, was it Tovo? The resolution was just basically saying that we need money as, as quickly as we can. We need to get it uh, out of that live music uh, fund and into another fund, which we're talking about having the Austin Community Foundation. Um, house the funds and then we need to figure out what to do with the money long and short of it there's more to it but we just we were like you know we need to get this live music fund money and and put it to put it to use because things are falling apart we don't know what's going to be left but we need to be we need to move on this and so i'm glad that the city took that lead from us as a music commission and i'm glad that the music commission didn't sit around and wait for a meeting to happen we were proactive and i think that's one thing that i think i'm i'm bringing to the music commission because i feel like a lot of people you know um shout out to rick carney the um chair of the of the music commission i think he's 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 shown a lot of great leadership he's a really uh, even keel really smart guy that you know it's like we got we got to be relevant it's more than just discussing things and leaving the room. It's like, you know, we have, we have to, we have to be a part of the conversation and, and we're actually in a position. We're supposed to be making recommendations to the city council. We are the body that is actually set up to do that, but it actually, long story, it wasn't set. I mean, it was set up really by C3 and that's a whole other thing, but now, you know, it's, it's, it's actually people. It's actually the people, you know, it's not like just like C3 and a bunch of other folks No this to C3, but that's what it was. That's what it was when it started and, you know, check the history, check it out. So, you know, we're actually the body that's supposed to represent the music community and we need to be proactive and we can't just be reactive. And I'm glad that it felt like for the first time that the city council actually had their ears open for us and that they actually paid attention. So hopefully there's a precedent for a better relationship because I think a lot of people say like, well, you know, you made recommendations. What happened? We're waiting. We're waiting. You know, and there's a lot of waiting in the bureaucracy of city politics, but hopefully this is like such a precedent for us to like really have a better relationship with them and to like make things happen. Cause that's what it, that's what it is. Like, you know, that's what it is. With the with with the recommendation you sent um, that you know got avoided because of blah blah blah, how close was it to what actually came out from Tovo? Uh, pretty close, minus the uh, diversity and inclusion stuff that I put in there. Go figure. Uh, yeah. So I, I had I had two paragraphs that I wrote um, after talking with my community about what they feel like is important that, that, that I crafted with uh, another person. I'm not going to say their name because I don't know if they want to be included in that. Yeah, man, we, uh, we put it together and, and added a diversity inclusion aspect to it. Talking about historically marginalized groups, underrepresented groups, and making sure that they're not, um, you know, overlooked again 
um, in, in the disbursement of the money and et cetera. Um, really the most vulnerable people that are going to period period. I mean, look at, look at what's happening with COVID who, who, who's the most impacted by it, but just thank you for the work you do and the, the positivity that you keep and the accountability that you keep these people under you got, what, what do you got coming up? Anything coming up we should look out for? Um, you know, God willing, hopefully, hopefully, uh, in May, we're going to actually disperse, uh, and call for applications for Dawa. Um, look for, uh, Look for that announcement about that soon. Look for uh, Dawa Hill. Look, look uh, DawaHills.org uh, for an announcement. Look on Facebook, on my Facebook page for announcement, our Riders Against the Storm page for an announcement about that. Man, there's so much good stuff happening. Um, and I'm, I'm just blessed to be around a lot of people that really care. And those are the people that I want to surround myself with. Um, I know there's other folks out there that don't care and, you know, I get it. It's, it's hard to care right now, um, with all that's going on, but, um, you know, that's, that's my role. You know, that's the role that I play is I, I care. Well, man, thank you for being on the show. We will be right back with Bill Ogden after these messages. The CobraCast podcast with Bobby Sharon is a must-listen in the Austin music community. With over 280 episodes so far, you can tune in to hear Austin musicians and the like share their stories and their music every Monday and Thursday live at 7.30. Check this one out anywhere you get your podcasts, as well as Facebook and YouTube Live. Welcome back to Daily Austin Music. This is Damn Art, Daily Austin Music album review time. And today we're going to be checking out to listen to Jackie the Robot. So I have to admit, I kind of knew what to expect because of the live streams Jackie's been doing, but this thing is truly remarkable. The first song, The Mountain, was great. Just over two minutes long, this is a really nice tone-setting track, keeping with the lo-fi template, but with much more to offer than your average lo-fi playlist. Second track, With Thick Trees, this one features Zen Masuda, and man, this was a pleasant surprise. The vocals are well-placed in the mix, loud enough to hear, but definitely not overpowering pop style. I could easily read or work while these verses played in the background. This one offers a really jarring little hook with significantly higher frequencies than the rest of the track that signals a change into a little video game blues vamp to end it out. Really great textures used here and the transitions between songs and parts start to blur as the second track flows seamlessly into the third called And Sharp Rocks. By far my favorite so far. It starts off with a nice little dubstep callback over a reggae vibe and an octave up vocal singing the melody. By the time the trap set comes in, you know this is some kind of industrial lo-fi video game R&B mix you've just never heard before. And with every section, you become more interested in both what it took to make this and what will happen next. Another verse on this one from Zim Masuta, and uh, although this one is much louder and more out front than the previous one, it's super short and draws just enough of your attention. At the end, the claps start to speed up and match the tempo of the next track, even still. This one starts off with a wonder bed of pads, and you, you can tell the robot took her time choosing each sound, and the drums on this track are killer. The four on the floor groove starts off just like Billie Jean killing it to drop out and come back with like a Dilla vibe. I really like the pitch down vocals on this one, and when the chorus hits surprisingly and comfortingly, the four on the floor kick and snare don't come back. But yet this is a third kit, and after the chorus you get a nice Satriani style guitar solo over carefully chosen pads that keep the vibe going. There's a lot of panning back and forth in this one, and that goes seamlessly again in the next track with time. This one's got a nice fat synth bass to start it off, as well as panning hi-hats you just kind of get used to eventually. Again, we have pitched up vocals, careful to avoid the chipmunk feel. She likely drugged down the formants to give it some body. 
Uh, the post-processing on the guitar parts really shines in this track, and I love that the voice turns into the arpeggiated synth. That is some really creative stuff, and I honestly I haven't heard that before, at least going into freaking modes or something smarter that I, I can't figure out. Overall, this was a really super interesting listen, and I, I can't wait to listen to it again and again to find all kind of the Easter egg sounds inside. So be sure to buy, share, and stream this music wherever you can. Thank you so much for watching. We'll be right back after this message. Welcome back to the Damn Tonight Show. I am here with uh, Wild Bill Ogden. Hey, tell them to hold their applause till the end, Colin. Yeah, hey, hey, calm down, people. Jeez. He's going to be here for a while. You'll get your questions in. Um, so, Bill, the, the, the worst question to ever start with, but it's informative. Who's paying me? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just kind of like a real short story for those who've never heard of you kind of give the the bio of wild bill bio of me huh i i uh long story very short uh the only reason i bring up where i came from is because i can say garth brooks uh i'm from oklahoma enid went to college at oklahoma state where garth brooks came from play, was actually a track star at Oklahoma State. Excuse and me, excuse me. That's God Brooks. God Brooks, yes, yes. God Brooks. <laughs> and uh, you know, Willie's was the big club that Garth, you know, played at. And so we all thought we were hot <laughs> playing on the Willie stage. And uh, that was kind of my start and that was tough for me because I didn't really want to play country music. But if you didn't play country music, you really didn't play anywhere. <laughs> so uh, definitely started with some red dirt background there. And that's a good way to learn how to write three chord songs. So hey, <laughs> moved to Austin um, after that. And uh, with Amanda, my wife, who uh, we both have played music together for, I don't know, 20 years now, I think. I uh, moved here in 2004 um, and uh, just grinded the shit out of the scene like you used to do. Uh, played anywhere and everywhere that would have us. We, Red River was such a, a more important thing back then than it is now. People don't really realize that. And not to discredit all that, but it, it really was uh, a different scene that had a lot a lot more community and i mean you know the the big money kind of kicks that out and and we don't need to talk about it it just happened but um it was a really fun time to be alive is my point it was a it was it was really fun to be a red river rat back then uh i i landed uh in flipnotics for a number of years after the rock and roll scene kind of dissipated or what i called i mean it, it didn't really stop or anything it just you know wasn't quite the same on red river for sure i just got really bored and uh, I had a, a great op a residency was good for me to explore. And I just used kind of my, I was already doing theatrical kind of rock anyway, theatrical music. And uh, I just really had fun playing in the coffee shops and uh, create, creating characters. And from there I spun out my, my very first musical it was my Christmas yeah. musical, which is now nine years old. Crazy Oof. to think about. Yeah. Uh, and uh, just now finished a new musical, my, my second. Almost a decade later, the follow-up comes out. <laughs> an Easter musical, which is, uh, we'll see. I mean, we didn't get to do it this year so far. So we're hoping to do it when, uh, when we get to gather again. We don't know when that will be. And then we're talking right. about doing a claymation version of it as well. Nice. Oh, I'd love to see that. You know, we, we, you kind of stopped at Flipmotics, but like, you you've toured you know europe 
and toured internationally and all this stuff. Kind of tell me, like, how did you get there from, you know, playing Red River, like being a Red River rat, being Flipnotics, like how did you get to Europe? Like what the hell happened there? You know, for me, a good, a good answer to that question is it kind of goes back to an article I read a long time ago when I, when I was younger. And it, it was Josh Logan from the Blind Pats talking about people asking him, like, how do, you, how do you do the touring thing? You guys tour. How do you do that? And his, his best response, his answer was, you, you just do it. Like, what are you waiting for? You get in a car and you go do it. And I thought, huh. You're either going to do it yourself or you're going to pay somebody else to do it. It's that simple. What really pushed me to do it was A, the want, um, and B, the having our stuff together enough to realize, like, hey, we, we can present to this country like we can present to the rest of Texas, like we can present right. to the rest of the U.S. Where do we really want to go? Right. It's and just, see, and that's kind of the moral of the story is once you have your shit together, then you can decide what you want to do with all of that. And it's all like, like, I love the way you just do it. Like you just go, that's what I want. And then you go do that thing. Yeah. That's, it, it, that's like, so that was the, the most recent one was last year. And I, I know you were planning on going this year, but obviously not now. Um, so how, how's, uh, how you doing, man? With uh, you know, <laughs> now, <laughs> Other than losing all of my income and the tour and my Easter musical, pretty good. I'm doing fine. Uh, the good news is I'm a resilient roach and uh, live streaming is definitely my living room. Right. Um, I've been doing the hustle. I have my bingo shows that I don't have anymore. I just do, I do those online mm -hmm. and uh, that's been fun. Um, uh, hustling up, scrounging for anything. I've covered the Bachelor shows, uh, and and I started my own talk show, the TGI Fun Show. Yeah, and I started live streaming myself playing video games. Yes. So uh, let's let's talk about. So I want to hit all of those and Senior Loco. So before all this, uh, you started the Patreon page, um, and and kind of talk to me about that, and then get me into Senior Loco from there. I started the Patreon after the new year. I had finished my Christmas musical. It's really hard uh, to do a show of that size and shape and keep it together in here and then not make any money. And then, you know, it, it's a whole, it's a whole thing, you know, just to right. go through it and up. So I'm, I'm always left at the, at the January kind of feeling like what now? And like, you know, hit the reset. Wait, before we move on, like give, give me an idea. Like how many people are involved in uh, holidays and how much money is involved in holidays? <laughs> just kind of, kind of give a broad overview of like what the honky tonk holidays is a musical Christmas musical that I wrote. Um, the musical itself involves about 20 people, including myself, uh, in, in the actual production cast and crew. And then beyond that, we bring in uh, other bands and musicians to play the events, and we also bring in other artists to do an artist market. So it gets into me managing uh, um, 100 people easily. And uh, as for a dollar amount, um, if you look at it's crazy because – there's the dollar amount that we have and then there's the amount if you consider the volunteers that go into it and right. and the amount of time that we all donate into it and if i went into those numbers it's easily uh, a 25 to 30 thousand dollar production 
Yeah, and, and that's, uh, that's that's what I'm talking about. Because like when you nobody, say like, oh, it's a, making that much money. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when you say, oh, it's such a big deal, it stresses me out. Like, no, it is a huge deal, and it stresses you out because it's it's a hundred people, and like you know, probably more like fifty k if you really added everything up, including your time and what you're actually worth. It'd probably be about fifty k. Yeah, and that's, that's an ordeal. So anyway, so take me that. That ends, you're in January, you start Patreon. Yes, and just to clarify, if you're out there wondering, how did he get $50,000 to do that? I didn't. We do all of that on about five grand. So so that's where we don't make any money. (laughs) Uh, We do a $50,000 production on five grand, and we split any money that we can between us, and we donate the rest to charity. That's what we've done every year. So this year... Uh, if you've been paying attention, the venues have already, the scene is changing faster and faster. Uh, the real estate market is kind of driving that if you ask me and, uh, the venues are having a hard time keeping up with, you know, rent like we all are and their expenses. And it kind of trickles down to us, unfortunately, as musicians. And I was sitting there thinking, what are my options anymore in Austin? Because I'm already doing most of my touring outside of the area. And I, I love Austin. I want to contribute here. What can I do? And it's kind of where I came back to writing another musical because that's kind of the one thing I have going on that continues to grow and blossom. And I feel like Austin is actually embracing on the large scale. So I thought, well, now might be a good time for me to hunker down and, and instead of just kicking out another album. And it just came down to, you know what? I'd, I would have to put my life on hold for three months to, to get this thing together. And I decided to do that. So when I decided to do that, I said, well, my community that I've cultivated for the past 15, 16 years now here in Austin and then everywhere we go when we tour uh, will support me. And I'm going to tell them I'm putting my stuff on hold. I'm going to write a new musical. Here's what I'm asking from you to support me to do that. Buy me a beer a month. Buy me a beer in a shop. My Patreon looks like that. Here are things that you would do if you saw me out at a bar. Just do that, and I won't be at the bars this next three months because I'm going to be working my butt off. And when I rolled into the Patreon, my biggest thing was community and accountability because I, I knew I was going to have to draw from my people only. I knew that I need my community to support me. And they did, and it was awesome. So when my community came around, I thought, how am I going to show them that this money is being used for me and my art, not just on hookers and blow, which a little bit probably got spent on hookers and blow. <laughs> anyway, uh, who can afford a hooker in this economy? Come on. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I think we all are hookers in this economy. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, what I came up with was one of my other ideas that I wanted to do anyway, which was Senior Loco, which is this little figure. It's kind of based on Mr. Bill, uh, 70s and 80s, Saturday Night Live era. And uh, it's me walking around this town and getting dumped on in the music industry. And uh, I do one of those every month just for my Patreon people. So that's their exclusive content. That's what we call it in the Patreon world. <laughs> exclusive content for supporting me. I give them an episode a month. And uh, for the quarantine happened, uh, we were kind of having a party once a month, you know, and everybody got to see each other face to face and, right. you know, uh, uh, intimate performance and all that. So Patreon's been good because it's another way to keep our tight community together. I can still get with them. We can do uh, YouTube live stuff just mm-hmm. privately. And um, they uh, are also very supportive of all the new stuff I've got going on. So it's it's been really cool. And I hope to roll that on to other artists and get other artists kind of going on that that path as well. 
And that the the great thing about that, and, and I hope we get back to that model more than like the 10% assume that the bar has a crowd. The bar assumes that you have a crowd. Nobody's there and the bar and the band don't make any money, which was kind of our scene for God knows how long. Like, I hope we go back to the cover model to where if you get a gig and you play this gig, you get all the door no matter what. And if nobody shows up, you don't get booked again. That there's was a, the way this used to work, right? <laughs> there, well, there's an easy, there's an easy way to gauge your demand or your draw or your booking power. And people ask me about this a lot, and I, I try not to, you know, blow smoke up their ass because that's usually my mo is to not do that <laughs> and just be straightforward. And it's this: uh, throw a house show, sell tickets. Uh, you might be surprised how good you do. And there you go. If you can make more money at a house show than you can make at a venue, you go tell that venue you're going to have to do better than that if you want me to get out of my house. Otherwise, I guess I'll just sell house shows and, wow, my house is better than your venue. Or maybe it's not, which in that case, the venues have value and you should play ball. But you should, that's how you know your value. Here's how many people will come and pay me that I know. Or, and hopefully you're a venue that has people that will come see music because they like music and they will pay for people that they don't know or that you're actually promoting. Right. Show your audience because you have an audience, venue. You have an audience just like we have an audience. Imagine that. Well, thank you, Bill, for uh, – well, thank you for our continued text conversations um, and vent sessions. I'm uh, very grateful to have someone I could just go to at any point. You know, oh, my God, these people are so stupid. And have a, <laughs> and, and have a logical conversation about it. You know, and, and They're just misguided. No one's stupid. We're misguided. We need to educate. Love and support your musicians. Give them some money. That means love and support. And guys, it, it, it sounds a little cruel, but really just, and one thing I do want to say, I, a lot of people right now are asking what nonprofits to give to, to help musicians the most. Here's what I say. Find people who have Patreon, find people who have been over doing shows, give the money directly to the artist. That's going to do the most help of anything else. Find the artist you like and support them directly. Amen. Dude. Thank you. Thank you, Kyle. This was a lot of fun. Hello and welcome back to Daily Austin Music. This is Damn Senior, Daily Austin Music single review. And today we're gonna to be checking out a listen to the new Oreja song, Teefs. This thing was awesome. It's one dude playing everything and featuring his chin as the lead singer. This has got great effort and musicianship, and, and I guess this is the model for the quarantine. Uh, it, it's all one dude making pretty entertaining music. It, it starts off kind of metal-influenced Screamo, Stone Temple Pilots. I really liked how each, each instrument got its shine and especially loved that he waited to bring in the double kicks, but pretty much finished it out with like a helicopter for 20 seconds straight. Followed by a train wreck? No, this thing switches gears like the plane that landed on the Hudson River. Oh no, no, no! Yeah, yeah! I really love the time put into this as well as the, the friggin' double time train beat country and then back into the prog metal grungy breakdown and back into helicopter double bass and then a sharp right turn into a punk section. This thing, man, this thing was something else. There's a skull of something sitting on the last floor top. Then he didn't hit that. Clocking in at seven minutes, I have to say, I was never bored. And about three minutes in, you just start getting anxious and excited about whatever might happen next. There's just kind of no telling. I wonder if he's a Deer Hunter fan. Anyway, be sure to buy, share, and stream this music wherever you can. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.
Wait, didn't we already do this? I'm picking my nose, picking my bit. I'm picking my nose, wiping my boogers on your keyboard. I'm just kidding. This is uh, this is Brianna McDonald. He makes me write out all of his stupid montages, and then he makes me say these stupid things like "Live from Animated Studio 68." Like, what even is that? Nobody knows. Nobody cares. Ain't nobody watching this dumb show. <laughs> There's no taking it back, Brianna, because you don't know how to erase this. Sh That's okay. He'll be fine. He's, you know, I don't know why I'm saying he because I'm talking to you, Broseph McDonald. Listen, I love you. And I'm thanking you for everything that you do. Even though I give you a hard time. Look, there you are now. Gotta go. Bye. <laughs> I don't know, man. I hope so.